0: pray that you'd speak to us as we look at acts right now as brief as it might be we've been studying acts and we want we want to be more like them but we know that the church you're coming back for is more powerful than the church of acts so more than becoming like the church in acts we're asking make us the church you're coming back for open our eyes to see things that you want us to see that we could walk out of here more like you and everyone said amen so friends in the uh, six hours left to us, um, you would have read this week Acts 17, 18. For those who are visiting, we've been journeying through the book of Acts. And I have a little, it's an abbreviated message. Some of you are going, man, he spoke so much about money. And do you know that Jesus spoke more about money than any other topic? Two out of every three parables were. So um, I haven't gone close to Jesus yet. But Jesus does have something he wants to say here. In Acts 17, we see some interesting things. And... Paul is now moving through on his missionary journey. You've seen up until chapter 17 that there are a lot of people unhappy about what he's doing. Remember Brian when he was sharing. Revival and resistance go hand in hand. How many of you love that? Sometimes resistance shows up all by itself, but maybe you need to check how you're doing things. I don't know. But sometimes when you're doing the will of God, the resistance is going to come against you. If there is no resistance, maybe we should question, are we truly on mission? But as Paul is going through this mission, there's resistance coming from all over. Most of it from religious Jewish leaders, and we'll get to that. And what Paul does in Acts chapter 17, he didn't know it was Acts chapter 17 then, he does now. Is he sees three different types of people in the three places he goes. And I want us to look briefly at those three types. Reason being, firstly, you may identify with some of them. You might look at them and go, hmm, that's how I was brought up. Hmm, that's the kind of church I came from. Hmm, that's the kind of person I want to be. Hmm, that's the kind of person I don't want to be. But I am that person. I'm not going to you know, say what should be going on in your head. But secondly... As you go and you share the gospel like Paul was, you're going to encounter people like this, and he gives us a very good methodology in each of these three of how to deal with them. And thirdly, these three types persist throughout the ages and are very prevalent in Christian individuals and Christian churches. How many of you know the church Jesus is coming back for is going to look different than the church today? Can I just ask that again? Do you believe the beautiful, bright, spotless, and glorious that the Holy Spirit's preparing for Jesus is going to be slightly different to what you're experiencing now? Can I just see a show of big toes, please? I see see it. I see it. I see it. So what does that mean, friends? It means something has to change. That means we have to look at this and go, Lord, if we're holding on to old stuff that's hindering us, we want to let it go. We want to be the church he's coming back for. And I was praying one time and I was really looking at the book of Acts. I was like, if anyone just read Acts on a little island in the middle of nowhere and came into civilization, they'd go, where's this church? I want to see this church. Then they would walk into a typical church and go, oh, uh, have you guys read Acts? Do you hear what I'm saying? And so I was like, God, make us more like the church in Acts. And I had this vision where Jesus spoke to me and he he showed me some things and he said to me, Andrew, don't desire to be like the church in Acts. I said, why not? He said, I want you to help the church become the church I'm coming back for. The church I'm coming back for is way more glorious than the church in Acts. I was like, really? He said, for a start, only the apostles and senior leaders did most of the stuff. The church I'm coming back for, every member. Is going to be doing this stuff. Would you say this with me, every member? Would you turn to your neighbor now and tell them how much you hate it when the pastor tells you to turn to your neighbor and say something in church? So let's dive in here quickly, and, and I'm going to do this before the chicken burns. Thank you, Lola. Uh, Carolyn, I don't know who lost my clicker. But we've been big about it, and I'm we're each blaming ourselves. So the first group we see is religious resistors. Here's Paul in Thessalonica, Acts chapter 17, and religious resistors followed Paul everywhere. Do you remember who the resistance came from when Jesus was on earth doing his ministry? The scabs and the parasites. Very good. Sorry for those who have not been in this church that is the scribes and the Pharisees. So let's see let's read together when Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia uh, uh, you don't have to know to pronounce those names to be a Christian Apollonia they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days reasoned with them from the scriptures. He was explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Messiah. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Thank you, women. The Jewish culture of the day, the Jewish religion of the day said women weren't allowed to be a part. Women weren't allowed to lead. The Greeks didn't believe that. But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob and started a riot in the city, and things just went south from there. That's what the three dots mean, south from there. And as soon as it was night... This happened often to Paul, eh? Like let him down in a basket so he's not killed. And then it's ship him off somewhere in the night. Send Paul and Silas away so he's not killed in this city. Man, Paul really, I, I don't think he feared death. And we see that wherever Paul went, there was this persecution that followed. But it came from the religious side of things, the religious Jews. When Jesus was on the earth, it was the religious Jews that opposed him and opposed the Holy Spirit. Was it the religious people or the sinners that gave Jesus the most issues? Hmm. What was the deal with sinners? The religious were mad at him because he hung out with sinners. And everywhere he went, sinners and prostitutes and SARS collectors followed him. How can he be a man of God? He lets sinners come near him. So, remember I'm saying, how much of this do we have in us? You see, the religion of the scabs and the parasites was that you judge anything that's not pure and clean and perfect. Whereas Jesus did the opposite. He went to sinners. When he chose his disciples, he didn't go to the synagogue. He went to the sinner-gog. And what did he say? Clean up your act so you can follow me. No, he said, follow me. And then I'll make you into something. Follow me. The church of Jesus Christ must be welcoming to sinners who are not yet saved and are just following and belonging with us. Do you know what that means? You can have someone next to you who swears during church. Someone next to you where maybe there's a strong hint of marijuana. Most churches today reject and judge sinners and embrace the religious. Do we want to be the church of Jesus Christ or the church of the Pharisees? Listen, I was raised in a church that was not the church of Jesus Christ, resisted Holy Spirit, resisted a whole lot, lots of rules and things. But it was more religion than relationship. Jesus didn't have anything good to say to the religious leaders of the day. Why don't you just pop that up quickly for me, please? The scribes and the Pharisees, John 7, John 8, Jesus is talking to them and about them. And will not you bring up that scripture? How would you like him to say this about you? I I was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You've let go of the commands of God and are holding on to... How many churches, when the Holy Spirit comes to move, say, no, that's not the way it's always been done in this church. The way it's always been done in this church is like this, and that's the way we're going to do it. And you wonder why so many get left behind every time there's a move of God. Next, please, Lola. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own? Hmm. We like our traditions. We like our culture. We like to feel comfortable. But if we're going to become the church Jesus is coming back for, we're going to have to let go of some of them. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down. Ouch. Not only that, they then say to Jesus, but we have our father in heaven. God is our father. He turns to them and he says, actually, you're of your father, the devil. I don't know if it gets worse than that. And you are doing his works to this day. What were they doing? Bringing a religion that was so rules-based that hardly anyone could do it. Piling up everything that people had of you, know, you Grown up in a scenario like that. You do this for approval, you do that. I want to look at some of the pharisaical philosophies that you might need to let go of. And it might be too small for you. But Pharisee philosophies say you're only righteous and accepted by your own works and efforts. Jesus said, no, I paid a high price on the cross. You're righteous. And I'll put my nature inside of you so you can do good works. But it doesn't make you any better. It doesn't make you any more righteous. Pharisee philosophies are in our churches today. There are a few powerful spiritual leaders at the top. The rest are regarded as less relegated as simply follow. And do only what these powerful leaders tell them. Any of you been around? Something like that. Extreme patriarchy, where only men were able to lead or even be involved. Women were not valued as of any importance. Well, I'm glad we did away with that. There's none of that in the church, is there? One of the prophetic leaders, I was at a conference in the U.S., and he said this, God showed him the church, a picture of the church as a body, hopping on one leg. And he said, God, why is the church hopping on one leg? And he said, because the men are all in charge and dominating and the women have not been given equal leadership, gifting, and expression. And if the church wants to run, the men and women have to stand together as equals and minister together as team. They were judgmental and punishing of anyone who didn't adhere to their rules and their cultural values. Sin and imperfection are judged, but the leaders themselves Jesus called hypocrites. It brings a striving to be approved instead of resting in God's total unconditional love and acceptance. Do you feel totally, unconditionally loved and accepted in this place? I can tell you now, a lot of you don't. Do you feel totally loved and accepted in God's presence? Because if you don't, it's a lie. It's a lie. Jesus paid the highest price for you to be unconditionally loved and accepted, not based on anything you can do, but based on what he's done. Tradition, culture, and rules trump relationship. I wrote that before Trump became president. Of <laughs> religion is typically rules. Christianity is relationship. Relationship. And God so badly wants you to be in right relationship with Him that He died on the cross and paid the highest price to make you righteous. Do you know that you are all sitting here righteous if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? doesn't matter what you did last night. You're righteous in His sight. He sees you hidden in Christ. You don't come running to the throne of grace, say the Lord's Prayer. Do you know how the Lord's Prayer goes for most Christians? Oh God, I'm sorry, I did it again, I did it again. Oh God, how can you love me, God? No, the Lord's Prayer starts, Dad, in heaven, hello, be your name. I worship you. Man, you're awesome, you're good. I'm not. <laughs> I'm glad you God, because I'm not. And only later does it say, forgive me my sins this. I choose to forgive others who've sinned against me. God's not sin focused. Religion is sin focused. Religion is more about unattainable legalism than unconditional love. Now let's look at the second group. And I'll go a little quicker in these other two. Because I feel like that first one is more probably what some of you have come out of. How about righteous receivers? We can go to Berea. Would you like to go to? Any of you ever been to Berea? And I'm not talking about Berea down Hillbrow, way. Uh, I'm talking about Berea, Middle East. So let's go to Berea. Thank you. Lola's taking us there. So as soon as it was night, the believers kicked Paul and Silas out, went to Berea. On arriving there, they went again to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more what? noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and Greek men. Can you see the difference in true scriptural approach? The women are even mentioned first, yeah? Carol's not here. Yeah, I have to really, I hope she watches this. You see, friends, religion typically will re- reject anything outside of its box. But if we're going to become the church is coming back for, we're going to see different things that are outside of your box. How, does ho- how must Holy Spirit move for you to feel comfortable? What if he moves in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable? I've been in some places where Holy Spirit moves in ways where I'm going cool it. Holy Spirit, this is... This is embarrassing. I've had times where the Holy Spirit came on me and I could not stop jumping up and down. Pogo stick. I'm like, Holy Spirit, please. This is embarrassing. You know I'm a reverend. I'm telling you now, we've been through some revivals and refreshments where Holy Spirit does some stuff that's uncomfortable. That's crazy in Meeting meetings where demons just come screaming out of people during worship. And people are going, oh, it's a demon. So what? Is it coming or going? <laughs> Guys, really, I think we've gotten so lazy and settled in our nice cultural comfort zone that it'll be very hard to become the church. Jesus. Holy Spirit's got his job cut out for him. Prepare the bride. I'm going every day, Jesus, make me more flexible, because i got some religion in me. i got some resistance. So you look at the dark ages, where the church lost almost everything to heresy, and there had to be new revelations and transformations along the way to bring us to where we are today. Starting with Martin Luther, who said, you are not saved by paying all these condolences. You're not saved by doing all these things. A Catholic church was mad at him. They even tried to kill a bunch of them. Because they said, you don't pay for your sins, you're saved by grace. (gasps) Hey? Religion. The Pharisees were very upset. But there was no baptism in the Holy Spirit. There was no baptism in water. It was just saved by grace. And then certain other revelations came. And the sad thing is that the church got this revelation. When the next one came to make us more like the Christ church, this one persecuted the next one. No, we, we don't believe in baptism in full immersion. You guys go away and form your own baptism by full immersion group. We'll call you Baptists. Okay? Oh, you guys believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today? You guys are crazy. Call you charismaniacs. When the charismatic move started, man, there was only a, like two churches. I visited Rhema when it was 200 strong got baptized in the Holy Spirit when everyone told me I'd get a demonic tongue. So few people had it. Now, it is the fastest growing movement in the world. The spirit-filled churches in the world. Traditional churches are shutting down left, right, and center. But the spirit-filled, charismatic, faith-filled church is growing faster than the population of the world. Amen. So if we want to be like these people we need to do two things firstly be ready to accept new things but secondly don't accept everything just because some man or woman up here said it doesn't make it true you go research the scriptures how did i get baptized as an adult believer because i researched the scriptures and said this teaching that says my baptism as an infant is valid doesn't line up with scripture because jesus said you must repent and believe before you're baptized Scripture. And the last group. A couple of deceivers, but they're very devoted. Do you know that those who are deceived can be so devoted to their deception? I am so devoted to my deception, I don't even know I'm deceived. That's why I got married. My wife points it out every day. If you don't know where you're deceived, get married. Let's look at this one quickly in closing. I'm not going to read the whole thing, I'm just going to highlight it. So Paul is going to Athens, he sees the city is full of idols, and he's a little upset, and so he starts to talk to them about the gospel. And they say, what's this babbler trying to say? Thanks, Lola. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and talk, took him to the Areopagus, where they said to him, we want to know about this new teaching. Why? Look at the brackets. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Gosh, okay, next one. So Paul then stands up in this meeting. He says, I see that you are very, hmm, very religious. You can be so religious. Religion doesn't save, religion traps you in bondage. Only Jesus saves. And he says, For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found one that says, To an unknown God. They had temples. They had places of worship. They had pillars to every single God they could think of because we've got to try and, you know, hedge our bets. Keep all the gods happy. Next one. The God who made this world, he has the gospel and everything in it. Lord of heaven and earth doesn't live in your temples. He's not served by human hands. He gives everyone life and breath. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out the very days and times in history and the places you would live. How's that for a verse? You're not here by mistake. Next. He did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your poets have said, where he's offspring So since we're God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill, and he comes in for the kill, Lola. Hey, uh, don't kill Lola. That was just... Lola, you're amazing. Thank you. Bless Lola. In the past, God overlooked such what? Do you know how many believers are ignorant of what they're doing by embracing everything plus Jesus? Because there is a thinking out there. Well, there are many ways to God. No, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. You don't get there except through me. They were hedging their bets. Well, we don't do that today. I come to the prayer with with Tobeka and the fire squad. I receive prayer for healing. Then I go see the Sangoma afterwards. I pray in church, but then I also pray to Mary and Saint Chris, St. Christopher. Jesus and the ancestors. Jesus and the horoscope. How many Christians tell me, my horoscope said this, pray for me, pastor. I'll pray. Give them the scope of how horrifying that horoscope is. What does Paul do in the midst of this? He just hits the gospel. And this is my closing slide. I want you to take a picture of this. I want you to understand what is the gospel. Go and ask any Christian and say, can you summarize the gospel for me in one paragraph? Most of them will go, "Uh, uh, uh." here's the gospel. The gospel is the good news that the one God, creator of the universe and all within it, became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived. He died the death we should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving he is the son of God and offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to everyone who repents and believes in him. Amen. When you go witnessing, Paul never tried to get clever. He didn't try and get clever with the Athenians. He just hit them with us. Didn't make sense, but that's what Holy Spirit anoints. That's what Holy Spirit anoints. Can bring up that last slide. Thanks, Lola. Won't you stand with me? We want to become the church she's coming back for. So, Lord, I pray that you set us free from any man made mindsets. Some of us have grown up in environments that have told us what you're like, and you're just not like that have told us that you're an angry God, a judgmental God. Oh, Jesus, I'm asking now that you'd remove every veil from every person in this place that is hindering us from becoming more like you and becoming the church you're coming back for. Set us free from idolatry and ignorance. Set us free from just adding you to our life instead of making you Lord of all and let us be a people saturated in your scripture that we wouldn't just receive every teaching that comes but we'd go this next move, this is God because I see it in scripture this is what Jesus did, I see it therefore this must be God but Lord we stand here today and we say we want to be part of the revival sweep in this world we say we want to receive the harvest we say we don't mind sinners we'll embrace them We don't have to agree with their value system in order to love them. We don't have to agree with what they're doing in order to love them because some of us were worse when we were sinners, when we were far from you. And we say right now, Lord Jesus, would you say this with me? Lord Jesus, make us the church that looks like Jesus, loves like Jesus, lives like Jesus. Now if you're here today and you looked at that gospel and you've heard this and you're going, you know what, I've just had religion. And I've never made Jesus Lord in my life. I've never embraced his unconditional love. I want us all to pray this prayer. And if you've never done that, pray this in your heart with me and just say, Lord Jesus, you paid a high price for me to come into a right relationship with you and my dad in heaven. so I come before you I step out of religion I step into relationship I give you my life I want to learn to love you I want to learn to be loved by you Jesus I make you Lord of my life come take over fill me now with your Holy Spirit Give me the grace to do what you've called me to do that I could never do in my own strength. Now, if you prayed that for the first time, why don't you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you specifically. Anyone here, you prayed that prayer and you said, God bless you. Who else? Anyone else? Just lift it up high. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. I want to pray for you. I want to lay hands on you. I want to set you free you're amongst family here can we can we just give them a hand as i ask them to come forward i want to pray for you if you prayed that prayer and raised your hands won't you just step out of your seat come on down come stand here with me i want to pray with you this is a big moment taking a step in front of these people right now says you'll be able to take a stand in front of people who aren't as friendly so if you prayed that prayer come on down this is the most important step is this little walk it's a short walk to freedom It's a short walk to the front of the stage. I'm going to ask fire squad to just gather around them. I'm going to pray for you guys as soon as we closed. My friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his shalom as you go from this place. Go and be the church that Jesus is coming back for. Amen. God bless you.